0: The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. This is filthy, Tom Lawler, and you're listening to the baddest show on the planet, Perched on the Top Rope.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. And as you heard from that show opener, I have from the World Titan Federation, filthy Tom Lawler. Tom, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing pretty good. I'm just getting ready to head to New York pretty soon and put a beating on Satoshi Kojima in the name of all the Titans out there.
1: Yeah, fans, Thursday, December 7th on Fight Plus, you can watch WTF One Shot, where the greatest MLW champion of all time will be facing the first MLW champion of all time. Now, I have to ask... Upon victory on Thursday against Kojima, do you think this will put you in another world title shot opportunity to hold that championship again?
0: Yeah, I think obviously beating a legend like Kojima, whether it's in uh, Japan, whether it's in the USA, under any promotion uh, is a feather under the cap. Doing it in MLW, myself being a former world champion, him being the first world champion that they've had. I think you've got to look at the winner of this fight coming out as a definite contender for the title. Now, we've also got uh, a match. The WTF, one of my buddies, Matt Cardona, another titan in the world of professional wrestling. He's going to beat Alex Kane on Thursday. I'm not in a big rush. I'm not in a big rush to face Matt Cardona. You know what I mean? After I beat Kojima, everybody's going to know, like they already should know, that I'm at the top. I am the premium quality when it comes to pro wrestling in MLW and all over the world. After I beat Kojima, maybe I'll go after the national openweight title. Maybe I'll go after the middleweight title. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll get a tag partner and try to win all the belts. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that world title, although it'll be around my waist again one day. But uh I've got plenty of time to get some more gold, and I- I'm looking forward to getting a variety of gold around my waist.
1: And I'm so glad you brought that up because you brought up different titles you could go after. You've teamed with Matt Cardona, and Matt Cardona is known for grabbing championships everywhere he goes. What was it like teaming with Matt Cardona?
0: Matt Cardona has been a guy, obviously uh, when I was fighting mixed martial arts, when I was in the UFC, I was still watching pro wrestling and Matt Cardona is a guy that I watched. I watched him win championships all over the world. You know what I mean? Um, And now he's actually at the top of his career. I think he's in his prime nowadays. So, you know, being around another guy who's jacked up, who's tan, who's a star, it also raises your level. And to have Matt Cardona there. Now I've also teamed with Hammerstone. I've also teamed with Josh Bishop, members of the WTF. And those are two other guys, you know, who make you raise your level. So the WTF is just loaded, loaded with talent. And being able to partner with anybody on that roster is really a benefit.
1: Yeah. And you I'm glad you brought those. I'm glad you brought Hammerstone and, and Bishop up because uh Mr. Saint Laurent had brought up on MLW that there's going to be a bodybuilding contest. Is anyone from WTF going to be part of it? Will you be part of it?
0: I, I I don't have any insider information on this bodybuilding contest. I don't know if it's going to take place at one shot. I don't know if it'll take place that night. Maybe uh, maybe this is a a prelim competition getting ready for a bigger, you know, WTF event down the road. Uh, I've been getting ready for a pro wrestling match. Now, you know, luckily a lot of times. That means you're in the best shape of your life. You look vascular, jacked, juicy, you know. But uh, my focus is on fighting Kojima. I'm ready to take my shirt off at any time. And I've got a few tricks up my sleeve. If I have to pull them out, you know, if I have to whip those tricks out during the bodybuilding competition, I'm prepared to do so. But most of my... Most of my, uh, focus is on this wrestling match. I need a little, I need a little bit more time to hit the tanning bed at least (laughs) my, my biggest complaint. Work on my lat spread.
1: Yeah. Right. Get it up there. Get that chest out. (laughs) (laughs) Now there's six great matches on this card for WTF one shot. Uh, in one thing there, there's competitors from CMLL, uh, Tokyo Joshi, how important is it for MLW to have these working relationships with these companies all around the world?
0: Yeah, MLW has done a great job since its you know rebirth, and really since its inception twenty plus years ago. Before it took time away uh, from running live events, of having a variety of different styles. Now, the partnerships uh, change. They they kind of have been fluid over the years. You know, you had early on, Kojima was coming in from all Japan, Taiokea from all Japan. You had guys who were left over from ECW uh, wrestling in the early MLW days. And, you know, a few years ago when I was with them, uh, prior to coming back, there was, um, you know, a relationship with AAA of some sort. Uh, They've had working agreements with, I believe, Noah and Dragon Gate, both in Japan in the past. And luckily for me, uh, now they have a relationship with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And also, uh, because of that, they also have a relationship with CMLL as well. And, uh, you know, that, that helps me a lot because I've been spending most of my time the past few years with New Japan. So that's a relationship that I'm happy exists. But also, MLW has kind of branded itself as being a hybrid wrestling program and showcasing a variety of styles. And you can't really do that without having access to people from Japan, from Mexico. Uh, there are, you know, there's technical wrestling here in the U.S., but the technical wrestling in Japan is different from the technical wrestling here, which is different from the technical wrestling that you would get in Mexico. There's high-flying here. It's a little bit different, you know, flavor in Mexico, and it's also done a little bit differently in Japan. So, having access to, you know, wrestlers from all over the world obviously just makes the show better.
1: Yeah. uh, Couldn't agree more, and You've faced Kojima before in New Japan Pro Wrestling back in 2021. And if I recall, that was a rather lengthy match uh, going around 20 minutes. Are, are you prepared for Thursday to have a long bout?
0: The, I know you're interviewing me, but yeah. the question really should be, is Kojima ready to go a long bout? You know what I mean? Uh, I'm the younger of the two of us by over a decade. You know what I mean? I still, even though I'm not fighting uh, mixed martial arts rules professionally, I still spend hours in the gym every day. Uh, I have a home gym here. So I'm, I'm literally always in the gym. And I mean, Kojima. we talk about bodybuilding Kojima. He's got some nice pumped up pecs, But when's the last time you saw some pecs win a fight? You know what I mean? Very rarely, unless he's going to hold me down and smother me with the mother's milk, you know, crushing my mouth with his boobs. But I don't think that's going to happen, right? And and if he tries it, I've worked the defense against that technique. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, so the the better question is: Can Kojima last that long? I've already beaten him once, but to me, like I have to look at this as a, a blank slate because that was during the pandemic. Things were weird during the pandemic. There were zero fans there, and sometimes that can affect your adrenaline, either good or bad. So I'm expecting the best Kojima that I've gotten since that. Since then, since that match, he won the Noah uh, Global Honored Crown championship and you know he's been a champion in all the big three companies over in japan um so he's still at the top of his game and like i said i expect the best out of him on thursday but at this point in my life uh you know in december 2023 on planet earth filthy tom Waller is a better wrestler
1: and the greatest mlw champion of all time (laughs) now uh, we already know that (laughs) now um with mlw having all these working relationships all these different companies all over the world on sunday uh mlw uh posted on x asking fans who they would like to see be brought into mlw in 2024 so first i'm gonna ask who would you like to see brought into mlw in 2024
0: My number one super selfish pick uh, as a fan of indie wrestling and fighting is Matt Mikowski, who is local already to Philadelphia. Uh, If you've had the pleasure of seeing him wrestle, I think he's one of the most skilled guys in the U S right now. And I'd love to see him get a bigger shot. So that's my hope. I've teamed with him in the past. I've known him for like, 15 years I trained with him in MMA before he was wrestling uh as well so I would love for him to get a shot I think it's kind of a no brainer uh at this point uh, other than that gosh let me think of course I wish the the West Coast wrecking crew could come over uh from New Japan and do some work you know right along my side in behalf of the World Titan Federation Royce and Jarell are both pretty jacked if you ask me you know they both look like i mean they could both hit the bodybuilding stage probably this week you know what i mean so i'd love to see them uh come on over too there's no like lack of talented wrestlers out there nowadays uh but you know like we talked about there's all these different styles in mlw and uh you kind of got to be able to either really represent one of them well or do all of them you know, kind of well. So, um, I mean, those would be my top, my top three picks. Swoggle. That's, that's number four.
1: (laughs) Now, uh, that's for MLW. Who would you like to see join the world Titan Federation?
0: Those are, those are my WTF picks. Who do I want to see join MLW? Probably the biggest scrubs they can find. (laughs) Bring in the easiest bums that they can for the WTF to lay out. Make us some more money. It'll be easier for us to take over.
1: (laughs) Now, uh, Matt Cardona is totally known as a figure collector. And I'm sure you can see behind me, I am too. MLW has their own action figure line. Could we possibly one day see a filthy Tom Lawler?
0: action figure yeah i would love it you know what i mean yeah Um, i mean if you take a look behind me for the audio listeners they won't be able to but there's we i don't know how good the zoom is but there's about 50 so figures uh on the wall behind me i try to keep it you know relegated to guys who have amateur backgrounds or who've done shoot fights of some sort because otherwise i'd have 600 figures you know what I mean? Instead of 60. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love for uh, there to be a Tom Waller action figure. Matt Cardona's got some action figures that he puts out as well. Yeah, you know, Like, yeah. Wh- whoever wants to make one of me, I'm cool with it. I might have to make them, I might start making my own at this point. If no one else <laughs> is going to do it. Where's the respect? <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I got to make myself as a creative character in all these video games. I might as right. well
1: <laughs> make your own figures hey, why i i'm I'm sure things could be talked out with Cardona on that end <laughs> now uh one thing I want to talk about is your debut on a w rampage on june twenty third on that taping. Um, you were alongside stablemite uh Royce Isaacs and attacking Adam Cole and mjF had announced that it would be Cole versus you at a forbidden door. However, Cole getting uh, sick, you ended up facing a uh, Serpentico in a dark match. Um, I got to ask what, how did you feel about that, that AEW debut?
0: I mean, it was kind of like a whirlwind week. It all happened very short notice. I got the call to uh, go beat up Adam Cole. Um, And then on the way to the match, on the way to the arena Sunday afternoon is when I found out that the match was off. And uh, I didn't know what the outcome would be. I didn't know if I was going to have a contest. I didn't know if I was going to face, you know, maybe I was going to wrestle Roderick Strong, who was buddies with him. You know, that would have made maybe that would have made sense. Um, But in the end, I ended up having a match against Serpentico, a dark match. And while I mean, I enjoyed having the match with Serpentico. It was fun for me. I won. I got a a notch on the board from New Japan. Uh, I had a good time. It was not what I was there to do. And uh, it was a big letdown, you know? And especially now, as things have kind of panned out, I don't think that match against Adam Cole is ever going to happen. So it kind of, you know, it was a big... uh, a big tease for me and not one that I really enjoyed in the end, to be honest. So, um, you know, I'd love to get back. I I, I'd love to wrestle anywhere. Like, you know, that's like, everybody says that, but it's true from even, you know, shows with 50 people, Adam, that I sometimes, sometimes wrestle at to, you know, shows that at the Rogers center, there's 15,000 people there. You know what I mean? Like I really would love to wrestle, Everywhere, every company, every country um, against a variety of different styles and opponents. And the bigger the show, the better off it is. Let's just be real. And that was the biggest opportunity that I was set to have so far and nothing. So uh, as you can imagine, big disappointment. But hey, I've been through sorts of disappointments like that before. Fighting is not an easy game. You come away with half your paycheck if you don't walk out the winter, sometimes less than that because you're paying, always less than that because you're paying off fees for coaches and stuff like that. And if you get injured, well, good luck. You're not getting paid for a few years. So I've dealt with this sort of thing before, uh, but that doesn't make it any more fun.
1: Yeah. And you you speak about being able to, wanting to work in every company, wanting to work all over the world. What was your experience like? In the g1 climax 32 tournament because if i'm not mistaken that was your um debut in new japan pro wrestling in in japan if i'm not mistaken. yeah it
0: was a I i mean i wish i had been back there this year i had you know professionally the time of my life there last year there was nothing else i wanted to do than, you know be with the best professional wrestlers on the planet for seven weeks during the hottest time of the summer in Japan. Um, that's where I wanted to be. And I was happy to be there. Now this year I wasn't there and uh, I was unhappy about it. And uh, I don't know what the plan is to be fair. So uh, I, I would love to like, yeah, I mean, there I, I want to wrestle everywhere, but there's only so many places you can wrestle, right? Chris Jericho yeah. just showed up in Vietnam. I wish I would have thought about that first. Now, like the primarily places, the places you can primarily wrestle are Mexico, U.S., obviously like Canada, U.K. What's so special about Hero Bread? soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited-edition, ultra-low-net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Japan, right? And I grew up a fan of Japanese wrestling. Um, I grew up a fan of Japanese MMA, and that's where I want to compete. So anytime there's a new Japan show that I'm not on, I'm pissed off.
1: All right. Um, when it comes to MLW, uh, what else would you like to accomplish? Uh, MLW?
0: Well, I mean, luckily, my biggest goals are ones I've already talked about, right? Um yeah. I was the world champion at one point i'd love to be the world champion again but there's a bunch of other belts out there as well that have you know different meaning to them i could i think i could cut the weight and make the middleweight weight division if i had to uh and show a different side of myself you know i have never let me think about this uh yeah i don't think i've ever held a tag team championship uh so I would love to do that with another member of the WTF. You know what I mean? I'd love to I'd love to win those belts alongside my boy Josh Bishop. Um the the openweight title, right? Ricky Shane Page is the champion right now. A lot of people know him as kind of a hardcore deathmatch guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um I'd love to win that belt and kind of carry on the uh the heritage of that kind of style. You know, so there's a lot of goals I have. They're not so much to, Like, I don't care who the champions are. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, like, I don't care about beating Alex Kane, right? Like, he may be on a hot streak right now, but the cream is going to rise to the top at the end of the day. And, you know, we'll see if he's sitting there. He talks a big game. We'll see if he can back it up long enough. You know what I mean? Um yeah. You know, the guy the guys in the calling. I'm not too worried about spooky stuff going on, you know. <laughs> like I'm above that. I'm beyond that, buddy. You know. Uh second gear crew, I gotta give it to them. Right? They're just tough dudes. I like it. But uh, you know, if if they're holding gold, then, then that's what I want.
1: You know what I mean? So would it be safe to say you'd like to be uh mlw grand slam champion
0: it, i mean if i could hold all those belts at once that would be the best case scenario <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah uh, but i think i have to kind of look at I look at the goals a little bit differently and uh you know I look at the lay of the land as things kind of pan out sometimes you know m- maybe i maybe i want to fight ricky shane page right but he's in a feud with somebody And that's going to take a while to wind up. So you have to kind of survey the lay of the land and navigate the waters. If you want to become a champion, it's not always just about, you know, pure wins and losses. Sometimes obviously it's about who you beat along the way and how you beat them.
1: All right. Uh, Tom, if you could go back to your MLW debut, what would you tell yourself?
0: probably to quit wrestling give it up give it up while you got a shot go 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 uh become a doctor or something Mm -hmm. like go to medical school do something where you're not getting your brain bashed in repeatedly on a weekly basis (laughs) and destroying your body (laughs) and car crashes (laughs) over and over and over save yourself while you can but I mean, let's be, let's be real. Taking that advice isn't that much fun. So, uh, I don't think I would, I would do anything differently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. There's better advice I could have given myself along the way, but where's the fun in that? Yeah. You gotta you gotta learn as you do it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I, I like that. I like that answer. I wasn't expecting that as an answer, but I like that. I like that. Um, I want to hey, well, switch up. Oh, uh,
0: luckily um, or unluckily, like I've made so many mistakes in my life, and like I'm still here. So, mm-hmm. optimistically, you know what I mean. I've got to imagine that things are working out how they should have. So I don't. I don't need to give myself any advice from from back then.
1: Uh, okay. Um, I want to switch things up and talk a little bit about UFC. Um, I was part of reality tv myself i did an episode of mtv true life and mm-hmm. i know it does not compare to being part of the ufc ultimate fighter eight by any means but what was it like for you like being part of a like essentially a reality tv show
0: uh i mean like it was 2008 so it's almost like a different time period mm-hmm. because back then like we didn't have smartphones like we do now. Yeah. So people aren't as used to just having, you know, this thing at their disposal which they can play games on, look look at videos, talk to people. Uh you know, there's all these different things that they can uh do and they have access to. We didn't have that, right? You had like books, TV, music. You could go on the computer, but you had to sit down like we're doing right now and do it. So things were a little bit different. Uh, But for that show, we had access to none of that. Right. So it was still designed to drive you absolutely crazy. They took, you know, they take 16 guys, they stick them in one house for uh, six weeks without television, without phone, without internet, without books. Um, And it's designed... Like, they they do a very good job of picking the different personality types that they think are going to uh, have issues coexisting and, mm-hmm. you know, putting them in an environment where issues are bound to pop up. Uh, like, it was bizarre, I guess. <laughs> but, like, at that time in my life, I was, let me think about this. I would have been 25, right? And I would I had been wrestling in college, uh, kind of from there went into you know pro wrestling and MMA right out of that. So um, and the guys I grew up like watching the generation of fighters and wrestlers that I grew up watching were like the party generation, right? So believe me, I was doing like a fair share of wild stuff on my own, you know, outside of fighting outside of mixed martial arts outside of being in the ultimate fighter house. So being in there was relatively tame. You know what I mean? Compared to like a night out in the town for me. Um, But having cameras, I mean, nonstop in your face the entire time you go to the shower, the cameras there, you go to the bathroom, the cameras there. Uh, There were times where we're like, we would talk about something in the van ride to the gym and the producer would be like, don't talk about that now well hold on what the fuck i mean sorry well what, i mean what, what do you mean you're t- you're t- what do you mean you're telling me i can't talk about what i want to talk about right now stuff like that you know what i mean um yep. but like for the most part those i i found that, like the crew because you're in it for so long you know what i mean it's it was a six-week ordeal they're kind of in the same boat as you so uh they don't want any issues because it sucks for them as well. You know, the cooler that they are with you, the better uh, rapport you have with them, the easier their lives were. So, you know, for me, it was like a great experience. I got some of the best training partners in the world uh, that I could have had at the time. It got me into a position where I had a job for years and years fighting with the UFC. Uh, But there's absolutely no way on God's green earth that I could go back and do it at this point in my life, like, I can't imagine there were guys who were in their thirties with kids and stuff who were on the show with me. And and like, I would have wanted to rip my head off if I were those guys, you know what I mean? Um, so I kind of, I kind of sympathize with them now as I've grown up a little bit, but, uh, like I said, it was, I mean, I I can't complain about the experience, but it was also so long ago that my complaints are probably just, I have forgotten them
1: okay um yeah that uh definitely nothing like how my experience went i didn't have cameras in a bathroom so i was good with that oh man
0: every <laughs> everywhere we went there was you couldn't escape them
1: yeah i mean that was the only place they didn't follow so
0: yeah if you i wouldn't... think they i think they i think they had multiple
1: cameras i think they had extras in there oh man <laughs> you throwing towels over them or something they had, they had the <laughs>
0: one coming straight up out of the toilet <laughs>
1: what? Oh man! Uh, <laughs> so at UFC 100 you you made your uh middleweight debut against CB Dalloway what was that experience like being able to be part of UFC 100 uh and also getting submission of the night
0: yeah at, I mean at that time it was like a uh Like, I mean, a dream come true. Like, it was surreal, you know? I had grown up. The first UFC I saw was UFC 2. So I was, like, 11, 10 or 11. And I followed the sport since then. Like, there was a time where you could not watch the UFC, even on pay-per-view, around, like, UFC 20 to UFC 30. The sport almost died. It was almost done. Like, it was hanging on by a thread. And by a thread, literally, I mean, like, a thread on a message board because those are the only people that were watching mixed martial arts and keeping the fan base going and to watch it evolve from that to when the Fertitas and Dana White bought it and built it up. And then the ultimate fighter on spike and just like the explosion really of the sport in such a small time period was awesome. And there was a long time, like, you know, 10 years or so where the UFC was around, where it was not a viable job. It wasn't like a viable occupation in the U S you couldn't tell somebody like, Hey, I'm going to go be a mixed martial arts fighter. There was probably like 20 guys doing it actually professionally. Um, and then after the ultimate fighter came along and I believe 2005, you know, it started to kind of, you know, pick it up. Maybe it was a little bit earlier. I mean, I don't know, but it, it started uh, picking up after that. And, like, no one ever thought it was going to make it to UFC 100. So, even being on that show was a big deal for me as, you know, a longtime fan. And then they decided they were going to do the biggest bonus that they've ever done in history at UFC 100 of $100,000. And, uh, I mean, like, to win that, um, there were three guillotine submissions in a row. The first three fights on that show ended by guillotine one was i believe shannon Gugerty. i think at the first fight then me and then john jones right after that so we all knew one of us was going to get the submission of the night bonus and uh well it ended up probably going to the guy that needed it i, I needed it more than john jones in retrospect so I-, I think it went to the right guy um but i remember like almost puking when they made the announcement you know what i mean because i went from making I think on that show, I made uh, $10,000 was my show money. So, or maybe it was 8,000. So I was going to walk out. Yeah, I think it was actually, but i been 8,000. So I was going to walk away with, uh, you know, $16,000 in a good case scenario for me. And then I walked out with 116,000. So, you know, it was life-changing really.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. Um, Fifty-five seconds in the first round. Uh, can't see it's why I couldn't cool go time, to you. Yeah. That, that was that was incredible. Um, now I don't know if you 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 heard about this uh, this rumor uh, involving Conor McGregor. Actually, uh, rumor is potentially going to run for president of Ireland. What? Yeah.
0: I know. I know he's been. Uh, I mean, at least dipping his toes into the political tweets now over there. Uh, There's been some issues with, like I guess, his immigration policies or what he's uh, going against there. But uh, I'm not up to date on my Conor McGregor news. I thought you were going to mention Mike Perry calling him out in bare-knuckle boxing, uh, which (laughs) is kind of of more up my avenue than Conor (laughs) McGregor running for political office. But, I mean, how are you going to, like – I don't know. I don't know how you can justify – putting a guy in office who's going around beating up old men at the bar although you know what now that i think about the u.s political system maybe we need a another conor mcgregor out there beating up old men old white guys at the bar you know what i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) maybe maybe some vigilante justice is just what we need in the political avenue
1: yeah (laughs) get a bunch of uh guys just like the punisher going out there. Yeah, <laughs> Tom. I want to thank you, you. Give him
0: some proper twelve. Give him some yeah. proper 12 and send him out there, right?
1: Oh man, yeah. Tom, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Um, if you could, uh, let fans know where they can find you on social media, and fans, don't forget Thursday, December seventh, seven PM fight plus World Titan Federation one shot the best mlw champion in the world taking on the first mlw champion in the world Floor is yours tom i'm sorry
0: yeah no problem thank you hey i can't put it any better than that you know what i mean the best champion they've had in the history of the company me against the legend satoshi kojima and that's just one part of an awesome show i don't know if it shows up on Fight Plus's WTF 1 shot or if you got to search for MLW 1 shot but either one give it a shot all it's going to take is one shot for me to put down Kojima it might take even less than that for Alex Kane to go down to the hands of Matt Cardona so I promise a hot night of action and after that before that you can check me out on Twitter or oh sorry on X check me out on X At Filthy Tom Waller, F-I-L-T-H-Y-T-O-M-L-A-W-L-L-R. And it's also the same on Instagram. And uh, I think I deactivated my Farmers Only profile, so I won't give that one out here on air anymore.
1: Awesome. Tom, I want to thank you for taking the time uh, to speak with me today. Fans, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out.